Coon Hunting University is brought to you by Conkeys Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. Find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com and Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHU Podcast at checkout and receive 5% off on nighthunters.com. If you're in the market for a new dog box, go over and check out GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook or go give Gavin a call at 615-962-5266. Hey guys, today we sit down with a special guest, Mr. Dwayne Boyd. He's an outstanding individual and a great friend of mine. He's going to go over how he began hunting and all the way up to 1996 when he run for National Mail Leader with Thunder's Wild Clyde and so on and so forth. So sit back and enjoy the show. How you doing, Dwayne? I'm Dwayne Boyd, uh, 52 years old, uh, married, got two kids, one twenty, one twenty-five, and one twenty-seven, and got three stepkids. Uh, Worked at a pipe plant for right around 20 years till I messed up my back. And so here I am now. Sitting here with a. Talking coon. <laughs> Go ahead and get her rolling. Uh, can you take me back the first time you ever went coon hunting? Oh, yeah. We, uh, I lived next door to four brothers, uh, two of them coon hunting or what we call what they called coon hunting and they'd had they'd walk right in front of the house every time they'd go the group you know the group they were teenagers and here i was eight eight years old and them leading dogs and i just thought you know i want just go see what's going on so finally got mom and dad talking and let me go with them and we walked right in down behind the house on this on a big creek the first, the actual first night, they had a red tick. We, we got sitting there, and, oh, you know, we, I get to hear this dog barking off in the distance. They tell, tell us that, that's old Spike, I think. Actually, Spike was his name. And then uh, we hear all kind of commotion. And damn, they, they jump up, and here we go. And we get in there, and this dog's got a big old beaver. Yep, that's come up at the smaller creek somehow or another, and it's got a beaver. And let me tell you, a dog and a beaver don't don't run together. <laughs> that beaver was slinging that dog around. The dog wasn't smart enough to just stop, you know. But uh, anyway, we them boys end up shooting that beaver, carrying it back home. Where they thought, you know, we done we got meat. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just you know how it is. Coon hunters listening right now is just something that hit me. And I just and I, I was I was uh, played sports year round, so anything action or me moving and running through the woods, you know, that was just great for me. Right. <clears throat> That's how I got started, and then I'd go with them. I'd go with them, you know, one or two times a week. And I, I can remember right around the, that same time we got down on that creek. Didn't know them boys. Don't we didn't nobody had no. We didn't know. I didn't know what a compass was. I don't guess they didn't either. <laughs> and I'm following them. 
<laughs> so we get down on that creek one night, uh, and this is right as I got started. It was a school night. I never forget. We we walked around in them woods, lost, and I've done got scared thinking we're not. I'm never gonna go home, you know. And uh, it's starting to break daylight. I, I I'm supposed to go to school. We hear somebody hollering, and it's my dad has been drove down the road about five. You know, you know where it is over where the bridge crosses the creek. Mm-hmm. He's up on that bridge hollering, which we didn't know it was him at first. He picks us all up six o'clock in the morning. We was walking around in the woods. We ain't treed nothing. We built a fire. All the dogs just laid down. They wouldn't even hunt. And they just laid <laughs> by the fire with us. How happy was he? He surprisingly, I was scared. My dad was a big man, and and, and I know everybody's talked about well, your daddy when he hit you. My daddy when he hit you, you know you took one, <laughs> and uh, he wasn't he wasn't mad. And he, he, I, I remember because he always told lady next door was like always even when I was got to coon hunting was like you let him go out in the woods you know and and one of my dad say if I can keep him in them woods I keep him off that street mm-hmm. and that's a good thing if if a lot of guys now you know keep a lot of these kids now though we're not I mean just between me when they between me and you now everybody's here this but. <laughs> A lot of them ain't tough enough that they're not that tough like they used to, you know, they right. still used to video games and punching the phone and you can't get them in the year. But so I was, I was eight years old and I finally, daddy got me a, got me a dog. I want me a dog. So he went to the pound, <laughs> went to the dog pound and he come back with us. White. It was a hound. It was a hound. I don't know what it was, but it was white. Never forget her name was June. So you know, I done. I was coon hunter then. So I and we had all I had at the time was just one of those little old, what like D cell batteries, you know, flashlight. Flashlight. That was it. Well, finally he bought me one of them the six volt big square one. Boy, I thought I was something in that <laughs> thing, you know. But anyway. I would go, we ain't, I ain't seen a cane yet. So. How long has this been? That would be probably a year or so, I, or a year and a half that I've been going. We still and, hadn't treated a seen a cane yet. But <laughs> we, we were coon hunting. We treat a bobcat in a in a cave one night. And you know how you're young, I'm thinking that bobcat's like a lion and I'm, and these other boys, we got a 410 and we got two shells. <laughs> and I'm thinking this bob, I can see that bobcat back in there. And that dog was getting in there close to him, that same red tick. He like, he wouldn't tree a coon, he'd tree beaver and a bob. <laughs> but I'm scared that bobcat. Yeah. I'm I'm scared that bobcat's just come out of there like a lion and just <laughs> eat me and everything else. So I'm, I'm kind of getting off the mountain. Finally, I got daddy to go. And my dad used to come on some back. We're originally from Virginia. He went with me one night. Me and, and that older boy that lived next door. And we get down there on the creek. And we we sitting around on the log there. And we can see the dogs the whole time. You know, they ain't 
I mean, they're not even 50 yards from us. And we sit there, and Daddy got to talking to me. He he got down to where he said, you really want to do this? And I said, oh, my gosh, Daddy, I love it. Because they would they laugh at me. They always used to, you know, eight years old, they said I'd tree in the soap in the back to it. I'd, I'd be taking a bath and I'd be barking like a dog in there. <laughs> you know, I'd be a, a ball and then I'd go to chopping, and, you know. And uh, so he said, if you, you definitely want to do this. Kept kept pushing me about it. And I said, all right, you know. And he said, well, we're going to get a dog. I thought, good. So Christmas was coming up. All I wanted was a coon dog. So I'll never forget it. <clears throat> we always did Christmas on, on Christmas Eve night. Mom would get Daddy to take my, me and my sister somewhere, and magically Santa Claus came when we got back. You know? A little early. Yeah, he'd been, he'd been there early, and we got lucky. When I come in, and they were, there was a dog. I don't know what this – it was a cur. It wasn't a cur. It was part plot. But it it didn't really look like a hound. He had kind of like short ears, and he's supposed to have been a tree coons and possums. So anyway, I got me a dog. So I had to go that night. I wasn't worried about next day Christmas. So me and my dad and them boys, we all took off over the hill down through the and. Wasn't long, but that little dog was sitting there and I'd ow, 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 and I would run, my run through the woods, and none of them could keep up. Well, I was you know, a lot, I skinny, and like I said, I played sports year round, quarterback, I pitched. I mean, I you know I was a decent athlete, and uh, I get in there, and they'd always know, even after we got to on down the road to get to when we, when we had a tree a coon, I'd get to the tree where they would know if we if the dogs had a coon or not because if they did, I'd go to screaming and a hollering and you know, they they'd know well they got he got they got one but I can hear him in there. Anyway, you know they got that dog's got a possum, which I didn't care. Shot him out. We started hunting that little old dog and we went and picked up a little old a walker female. And you could put them two together. They never did tree a coon. <laughs> but we treed more possums. At one night, we treed 13 possums. <laughs> wow. 13 that we shot out. And I loved it. Any, you know, it was just, that was good for me. You know, I, I wished I still was that fun to me, start competition, and it's, it gets stressful. Man. Awesome, ain't near, near as cool. No, not real cool. Everything <laughs> is exciting when you go in there and there's one up that tree. Mm, but there. So we we when in tree, never was tree and coon. Now, ain't got to get to this now. I thought about this. We didn't have a truck. We would throw the dog. We would throw the dogs in the trunk of a car. That's how we. My dad had a big old one of them big old hoopty looking. Caprice, one big old long with a 454 in it. You remember how that sounds? And we throw them dogs in that trunk. Well, everybody went, brought a dog. I mean, we'd be seven dogs, seven, eight dogs. <laughs> Literally, I know seven one time. 
So when you got back there to open your trunk, you didn't know where yours was coming out at. Everybody had to circle the trunk. Hey, get ready, dogs. you know, just don't matter what your daddy get out with us because we'd be like trying to grab ours. Just grab one and then we'll figure out where who's is who's. Just stuff like that. And uh, so finally, they, there was an old blue tick hound. So another, some other boys had there. And, and this dog, we don't, don't nobody know how old he was. He'd been run over, he's toting his back leg. The boy, he was still in high school, and Daddy bought him for fifty dollars. He knew he. They said he was he would treat a coon, but he treated possums too. So we got that dog, and I never forget. First, first night, we took him over there. We turned loose, and he didn't go a hundred yards and struck a tree. Got down there, and he had two coons. So, buddy. I you was, thought she was in heaven. I was, man, I had got me a coon dog. Well, that old dog, he, he would, uh, we hunted that around the hat around here, you know, and how rough it is here. Just wasn't no coons. And we finally figured out there's a, man, a management area down south, Oak Muggy, and, and the National Forest. So we started going down there. We had one spot we would hunt the whole night. One spot, we'd park the truck and hunt this one spot. Well, that old blue tick, he would he would normally tree the first two times he'd tree, he'd have coons. He'd get tired, and when he got tired, then he'd go treeing possums. But we shot the possums right <laughs> along with the coons. You know, it didn't. I didn't know much. I, I had I had got to get an American coner and reading about all them great dogs in there, you know. <clears throat> So can't remember where, what we did with that old blue tick. I think I I I, I think we daddy traded him to another boy eventually for a a Ruger twenty two that I still got. Hmm. Still got it. And I was I was probably ten years old, so I know it's forty something years old. Got to reading in the in the American Corner, same same dog in there for sale. I never dreamed of daddy buying me no dog, you know, especially for a thousand dollars. I was like, man, ain't no, you know, ain't no way. Well, anyway, got to talk to this guy. He is out of Waycross, Georgia. Me, my dad, we've got a truck by then. Let me tell you one other thing real quick before that. But when, when we get a truck, when this boy had built, a, built us a box to put on that truck. It didn't have no floor in it. It was just sides and top. And he wanted to use it on my dad's truck. We, at the time, Daddy bought a truck then. And uh, like I said, we'd stuff them dogs in there. Just, it, it would be like you just had to push them on in there, you know. And, man, I, Dog, they'd be a fighting, and one time they got to fighting. We're going down the highway, and they got to fighting so much the box they done flipped the box up <laughs> sideways, so they're just can jump out. If they want to, they're in, you know, and I'm a crying. They're gonna, you know, out gonna get in the road. I never forget that. You, you know how you look back now. That's so funny, but but anyway, we uh. Me and my mom, dad, and my sister, we all load up in a single cab truck, which I wish we were little, you know, sitting in the middle, wasn't that big a deal, but we took off the way across Georgia. 
And Danny Tootin. Buddy Dimitri can still tell you about them if, if people talk to Buddy. They're down there by, by Buddy. And uh, we go down there, try a dog out. I had never been around a, a bunch of water hunting. You know, it was up here in these hills and just little creeks. So we we get down there. The guy says, we going to the Okefenokee Swamp. And I'd heard about that either a history book or something other or something I had read at school. So we get down there, and I'm not kidding you, which would be no big deal now because I've I've hunted with good dogs and no. But we get on this road, and it's kind of built up, and he walks that dog out there, and we tree line is like 300 yards in there. And all we can see is water and grass. That dog leaves us swimming. I thought, he, he, he ain't treating no coon here, you know. Ended up that dog treat two coons, and, and we brought him. Bought him and brought him back home. So that was my first. Now, that was probably my first what I say. Coon he dog. wasn't great, but he, that was my coon dog. Right. In my bedroom, I put on the wall a piece of paper, and every coon I'd treat, I marked it. Marked it on marks, you know. So we had got that dog probably like I knew it was still cold. So in August he got sick. And I hadn't had him about four or five months, and uh, you know that was back. As far as we knew, we didn't know a whole lot about heartworms, and didn't really nobody. You know, at the time that wasn't a big thing that. And uh, he died. But he'd treat 17 coons for <laughs> like four or five months. He, and I, you know, all the boys thought I had the best dog around. Everybody wanted to go with old Buck. That was his name. <laughs> so, end up from there, I, I ain't got nothing. No, no, you know. How old, how old are you by now? I'm still probably 10. Yeah, and an old man that lived lived out by us that uh, had the only night champion, and you know, boy, I thought a night champion was. Ooh, if you got a night champion, you got you got the real deal. Right. But but this dog was a good dog. He just mean. You couldn't hunt nothing with him. You had to hunt him by yourself, and you can road hunt him, and he just treat coon after coon after coon. He just and he. Just, you know, you just trot, put him up in front of the truck, he just trot down the road. He wouldn't take off running, just easing and off in a ditch. He'd check it. He'd go check the next ditch. And you know how most of the time a dog running the road, he hits a cone that's red hot and they probably ain't going to be 50 yards off the road. But And that, that old man liked that. It was fun to me, too, because, you know, I'd go with him and, Man, we'd treat five or six cones, you know, <laughs> and five was the limit, so he, they shot out everything. And get back to where after that dog died, that, that old man, his son lived up in Scottsboro and, and knew this guy that they said had a good dog on to sale. Like I said, we didn't, we didn't have him. Now, I lived, growing up, I lived in a, the house might have been 
700 square feet. Mm-hmm. It was two bedrooms, kitchen, bath, and living room. But my granddaddy, we had had to go get him. So he's in one room. So I'm having to sleep in the room with my mom and dad. And my sister's sleeping on the couch at this time. Mm-hmm. But So we didn't have a lot of, you know, didn't have a lot of money. But anyway, daddy, my mom, if I wanted it, my mom was gonna get it. If I all if I just meant you know, if it wasn't something bad, she was gonna find a way. Yeah. Which daddy would too. But I I knew how to work mom. <laughs> she was easier to work than daddy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we daddy gets talking to this guy and and we just we just go buy the dollar. It was thirteen hundred dollars. And daddy talked to that man for two weeks. For, before he wanted to give that $1,300, you know. And then we go up there and we get this little old dog. And uh, the weirdest thing, Mason, that dog, we we get him to the house and we start hunting. And I'm telling you the truth. For the first month, he made trees. Never had nothing. I'm discouraged, you know. I'm thinking... And we had went down, way down south to a man's area called the Scotch Grove Hill. Some people, Mark Hall hunts down there at that big place that, that he used to hunt. Mm-hmm. Where they put on some of them big hunts. You know, where around Jackson? Around Jackson. Which now, that man's area we were hunting wasn't nothing like that river bottom. Mm-hmm. But it, it should have had coons there, you know. As a matter of fact, one night we turned him loose on a coon across the road. And he run it in there probably... A half mile, trade big poplar, didn't have it. He had a thyroid pill. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> I just didn't know it at the time. I guess he did your thyroid or check for ehrlichia. Er, er, That's right. So uh, we've camped out in the back of that truck, me, my dad, and my buddy Ronald Rollins, which he, he's – Pray for old Ronald. He's in the hospital right now. Had a stroke. We decide we ain't gonna stay way down here. We're like four hours from the house, so we decide that this is on Saturday. We just load up everything, and we we're just gonna come back through to where that old muggy mansion is, hunt there that night, and then we can just come on home. So we come back, and I can still show you the place. The turn loose, the week, you know. I, I just, I, I'm a believer. A dog comes here, he's accurate. It, it, you know, you might can help him a little bit, but they got, you know, you see puppies eight months old, they start treating coons, and they got them, and and they got always it. got them. Got it or they don't. That's right. <clears throat> but you, know, you tell me this, how it is. I got no clue, but but that dog. We turned him loose, and he 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 went through yonder and got treed. You know, I'm not excited. I'm going there, and he's got three up a tree. And we shoot one out to him, and from then on, when that joker tree, he had a coon. And <laughs> it, it wasn't one of these deals. Well, I wonder if, if John was treed. There's a coon up that tree. You just just go to him. It was you know, coon. And, and you tell me why 
It's crazy, ain't it? It is. I mean, I have no idea. You know, I hear people talk about, and, and that's another thing. I, I think, I just think the good ones now, the one, the, the type that I want. I just think I can hand him to you, and you take him. He's gonna create a cane, and you can bring him back and hand him to our buddy, little Bill Cox, and, and he'll go tree a cane to Bill. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just. That all this give me give him two or three weeks taking up with you and all I, I don't that that kind of scares me off from buying a dog. I mean, I I just every one of the good ones I've had didn't matter who turned it loose. It, it was going same to, dog, same dog, you know. So that's got me to where I've got a a good dog. He he, he was a good dog. This this dog. Uh, so I, I I get to reading about these hunts now. Boy, and I begged, begged him to take me. Well, we started going up to some PKC hunts and little buddy hunts over at Dora with Terry Nix and Johnny Brown. What's his name from uh, lived in Coleman? Had the pawn shop. Danny Byram. Danny Byram, all that amazing red. All them jar was over there. I mean, you know. Big time dog. Big time dog, yeah. You know, and my buddy is my buddy. My dad is friends with, with Jackie Alexander that bought Jar originally from Russ Beller and Wayne Green. And uh, gives six thousand dollars and flew him in. And now six thousand dollars back then I mean that was like fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean I just I just couldn't imagine it, you know. Are you in the market for a new dog box and just don't know which one to get? That's where I encourage you to go check out GNR Cedar Dog Boxes, especially if you're wanting something different. GNR Cedar Dog Box was established in 2016 when two avid hunters wanted a dog box that was affordable and great looking at that. They provide a high quality, handmade, lightweight box to the customers. They take pride in the fact that their boxes are fully cedar, which will last a lifetime in all types of weather conditions. Cedar also ensures your hounds stay a little warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can find out more about GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook. G- find them at GNR Cedar Dog Boxes or give them a call at 615-962-5266. They're located in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, USA. And But uh, finally I get dirty. He's going to take me to a UKC hunt. Very first hunt I've ever been to, and I've got that John dog. Go down there, and uh, all I knew they told me to when my dog barked, say strike so and so, and when he treed the tree, you know, which I had the rules there, but I didn't know, you know, I, they just told me the main thing to do. And, but I did it too that night. That and Ronald was with me and my dad. And they they walked along with me, and I hear I ain't but eleven years old. And I'm a little old skinny one. Shoot, for long I done had three hundred twenty five plus. I was putting it on him. I, <laughs> and I remember the first time I treed the dog. I would I I would tree him on first bark of the tree, you know. And my dad and Ronald was over there. They just shaking their head no. And now they've got me mad, like, 
like, why are they getting on to me? These trees, you know? <clears throat> but anyway, we get back to the clubhouse, and this is what's funny. I stood by that master of hounds for three hours, probably waiting on the other cast, watching them cards. You know you know how UKC don't want you to see the scores. Well, I got over where I could see when he'd get the card and he'd pick it up. And dang, I won that whole hunt. Mm. Well, buddy, I was... Lit the fire. Unreal. Yeah, unreal. <clears throat> like I was telling you, I had that thing on the wall, Mark and Coons. Well, Mark, and, Mark and Cass wins now. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I, I wish I'd have thought about that. But uh, I get I get out a calendar. Toner, and it may have been the bloodlines to its time. I don't remember when. But PKC wasn't. It was around here, but not big, and which I wasn't ready to go to, you know, none of them. But anyway, so Friday, Saturday night, I've got a hunt somewhere. I wrote it down. My dad would, and, and I'm some, and, and I'm not no lie, for probably three years, Friday, Saturday night, I'm somewhere. Daddy would pay this boy to take me on Friday night because he worked second shift. <clears throat> didn't actually pay the boy, <clears throat> but we had another dog. Daddy would let him hunt him, and then I would hunt the little John dog. It took me forever to win another cast. <laughs> and, and this little dog was a good little dog, but but I didn't know it. I, I, I know now. I, I get people call it hunt wise or something, but he got to where when you take him to a hunt, he just... He'd come in back in. He was a hard hunter. I mean, pleasure hunting, you drop him. I mean, you just found him somewhere with a cane. But I could take him to a hunt, and he'd walk with us, trot around, be about get scratched. And, but, and, you know, I know I've got a dog that I can win with. But uh ended up, we saw, well, traded him with, with a lot of people uh, Listen to this, I know a guy named Wade Hill from Tennessee. They ended up with that little dog. And uh, they went on and placed him in the, at that time, ACHA World Hunt was the was the World Hunt. Mm-hmm. That was big hunt. And they got him in the top 20. It had been several years since I had seen Wade, and I seen him up at tennis court. At, I don't remember, Breeders Hunt, I think, one year. And got to asking about him, and uh, he said one night that, that dog, uh, he he just treated two or three coons with him. And he's a dog you could you didn't even have to put him on a leash, real smart. So he come in, trotted around the truck there to go to load up, and just fell over. And something was wrong with his heart, mm. and I probably was something to do with probably when I had him. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, they loved you, so, you know, it was one of them deals. That's kind of... How did uh, Harold Edwards come along? So, at, about that time, I started hunting the UKC hunts. And down in that management area, where, where I'm telling you about what you've been in there, Oak Muggy, back then, everybody stayed on CB radio. Coon hunters did. 
And that was a lot of coon hunters then. I mean, you know, now you can go through there, you won't see none. But back then, you, I mean, they were, you'd have to get on there and say, is anybody on uh, 702 that they had road numbers, you know what I'm talking about, and make sure nobody was down there, you know, stuff like that. When we got over there, and uh, one night, they, uh, another guy gets on there, and he done got stuck over on the, dink, you know where the dinky line is, what they call the dinky line. Mm-hmm. So Daddy, he's going to go around there to help him. And uh, we get around there, and there's a couple other trucks there, and they had, and back at that time, very few people had four-wheel drives. I mean, it, you know, it just... We never seen him much. And this guy had a big old forward something. I don't know what it was. Big old tires on it. And he had this thing buried. I mean, buried. <clears throat> and uh, there's this old man there in a little old Nissan Datsun, they called it then. Little old bitty thing. Had a winch on it. And... We have done tied Daddy's truck to it. It's a full size and another full size in front of Daddy's truck. And we've tried to pull it and we can't even get it to, or they can't, they can't get this thing to budge. It ain't moving nothing. Well, that old man, he pulls up. And if anybody's ever met Harold, kind of wish we could have got him here because he's a funniest one of a kind. One of a kind. <laughs> but one thing about Harold, if Harold's got the dog at his house, and, uh, you can believe that. It's going to tree cones. It ain't going to make no bunch of slick trees. And it's most likely going to be a real good track dog. <clears throat> but I don't know Harold. And I know the guy that's with him. Well, Harold, <laughs> we're over there I'm the smallest one. I'm the only one who can get under there and tie chains on this truck. And and old Harold's sitting back there, and, I, and, and he opens up his door, and he sticks his head out. Get out of the way! He gets this high voice. Get out of the way! I, let me come around the other side. And the guy that's with him, he's done over, and on the other side is old, almost over his boots, and he's having to just ease along. He told Harold, said, uh, Harold, you can't come around this way. Hey, ah, buddy, I got buckshot tires. <laughs> he thought because he had them buckshots, people may remember that. They still have buckshots. I don't know. but And they're telling him, you can't. He's, he's done got it in reverse backing up. He said, get him a run at this thing, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, just a kid, and I'm laughing. And it's funny to me. Yeah. And they finally keep him, keep him from it. So they end up tying his truck. And we've got three trucks tied together on dry ground, and we can't move this truck. So Harold, let me try to figure a way to make this quick, this story, because it's funny. But anyway, Harold and the guy, Bela Smith, that owned the truck, they decide the only way they're going to get this truck out is go get a record. So Harold said, come on, I'll take you. So they load up and him and Harold and that Datsun that well, didn't know it. Neither one of them liked each other. So 
they take off. They leave us. And like I said, we're on the Dinky Line. It's, it's an old railroad track, and you can see forever. If you see a light, you know you know how far you can see. I mean, miles. two or three miles. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> we've, we've done got us a big fire built. And me and Ronald, buddy, I was telling you about a minute ago, we're sitting around. We just listen to these old men, you know, talking, and it, it's just hilarious, some of the stuff. And they and I'm the youngest, so they want to pick on me. And uh, so we we sit there 45 minutes or longer, hour. And I said, "How are they come?" I see a light in the road. Well, it, it's just one vehicle. It pulls into the end of the road and it stops. Somebody gets out with a with a light, and here they come walking. And it takes them 15 minutes as far as, far as it was, you know, to get to us. And it's that Bela Smith. It's the one that owned the truck. Well, somebody asked him, where's Harold at? Oh, God. And he don't, it's quick. He says, he said, he's up, he's over there laying on the side of the road. I cut his blank and blank throat. I kind of get over close to my dad now, you know, I'm thinking, no, well, they, one of them said, no, nah, seriously, where's he? He said, I'm telling you, he's over there laying on the side of the road. God done cut his throat. Well, now I'm scared, <laughs> you know, because it's supposed to be the guy that's done cut the man's throat. I get over by there, and everybody kind of gets quiet. You can tell it's kitchen. Harold has done burnt the clutch out. Oh, no. And he's little Datsun, a little monster Datsun. <clears throat> so... Daddy has to load up and takes the guy over there, bring her, get get back with a uh, a wrecker. We tie that wrecker, and it about flips that wrecker over. The front wheels come out, and the guy get is a younger guy running. And he gets scared. He said, "Man, I, you know, I don't know what to do. What to do?" So we decide we're all just going to have to load up and put as many in each truck we can get. When the Harold's up there, he's got no clutch. He can't drive his. And if anybody on here can look, ask James Love about Harold Edwards driving, and you'll get some of the, the funniest story. James Love said he had walked before he ever got back to the truck with that man. But anyway, so we get up there, and uh, they're going to have to go get a big 18-wheeler. One of them kind of, that, that's what they had to get to get this truck out. The next day, you know, we're we've all loaded up. We go up there to Harold. Well, they're gonna tie Harold's truck. He's got a winch on it to my dad's truck. Mm. So we get to put. Now we're seventy miles from the house, probably seventy-five. So we start pulling, and and we we're like packed in my dad's truck. I don't know how many people were sitting actually on the seat, but two were in lap. Me and me and another boy isn't sitting in laps. <clears throat> so we get back to the high, highway to, to the on ramp, and we come down the on ramp, getting onto the highway, and my dad says, "What? What's this? What's he doing? What's what's this guy? What's Harold doing back here? He has done." Slung shot around us. Oh, he's done no. come up beside us, and he's tied to us, and, and he's tied. And, and you know, and all of a sudden, when that slack caught, 
Man, it about throwed us all through the window. This goes on the rest of the way home. We cannot keep him from coming out anytime he could get more speed anyway, or we'd slow down. He'd come out and get to laugh and thought that was funny. Yeah, he sl- he slingshot it like like in racing. You know, he like slingshot around us. Well, my dad was like, "Lord have mercy, what you know." <laughs> my, my dad's real serious, you know. And uh, so anyway, we get we get home, we get him to his house, and uh, gets his dogs all put up. And uh, next day or so, he call he he calls somehow. Know he got daddy's number and wants to see if he wanted to go hunting. And me and Ronald started hunting with him. I I was uh, eleven years old, and uh, so. Uh, he he's been good to me. He's uh he he was like a sec a second dad to me. Uh, a lot of people don't like him because he's he's gonna be straight with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times people want the straight answer, but then you give them a the straight answer, they don't like it. Right. And and he likes to joke, and some people don't know how to take his jokes. You know, he's loud. Uh, but I get to hunt with him, like I said. I would say, out of all the people around here, probably Harold's had some of the best coon dogs to probably, I I just know, uh, you know, he got to where he couldn't competition hunt, so he'd just tell me, go out there and pick one, you know, take it and hunt it, take it to a hunt, whatever. <clears throat> so here I am, I'm 11 years old, and, I I knew it. then I had, I had a real good dog, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I started hunting for him at, right at eleven years old. And other times, you know, we I, I was always good at winning my cast. I might not come in with a big score, but I could win my cast back when I was young. So you know, might, we might go to a hunt, and if I didn't have a dog, somebody just here hunt this dog. I ain't never even heard it. It always seemed weird. I I I could win better the one I had never heard than the ones I heard. You know, hmm. uh, I guess I think you just take you you're more slow and careful of what you do, and you don't make no mistakes. Try to not make any take yeah. any chances. Play more defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's where me and Harold's relationship started. Uh, Going back to the driving, uh, <clears throat> y'all were in a, a pretty serious wreck. Weren't you? Yeah, and the funny thing, he wasn't driving. <laughs> oh, I thought he was. No, nah, he wasn't driving that night. He, we, another boy was, and two miles up the road, we woke. Everybody woke up. We're all three in the front seat, which back in nobody wore no seat belts. Uh, just wasn't, you know, people. You remember kids being in the back of the truck, and you don't see that no more. Right, and. Uh, which I've showed you where we wrecked. <clears throat> we come off of, coming down Highway 5 down there, and you come off a hill, and we had already crossed oncoming lane and went off in a ditch that's just big enough for your truck to get in it, and we hit the side of another road, a big old pipe. COVID. And uh, I don't know how it didn't kill us, but <clears throat> it, what was funny about that, that wasn't funny, but it is funny, so here I am. I'm 
I was 13 at this time. It was in 83. <clears throat> and I'd watch TV. You know how on TV you see cars smoke and they'd blow up and pieces would go <laughs> flying everywhere. Well, I'm sitting in the middle and I have done, it's, it's throwed me through, hit the, I don't know it at the time. I, I knew it was a rough ride. I didn't know what happened, but I had hit the front windshield and it, you know, has that, whatever that stuff is in the windshield that won't really let it, like a glass, actually break all the sure, way. Yeah. Well, it, it caught my hair, and a big chunk of my hair was still in that windshield. Yeah. Lucky it didn't kill me. I don't, I don't know how it didn't. I knocked out five of my teeth. <clears throat> so the floorboard was split open, and smoke's just from the water we're down in a ditch of water and it's coming up in the cab my little Harold it's gonna blow <laughs> it's gonna man that freaked me out I don't know if I hit him but I jumped him and it was a step side truck I jumped over him he, he's in the passenger side I jumped him swung around to the step on the on the step side jumped out to the and now this is a main highway mm -hmm. but it's three o'clock in the morning ain't nobody but i hit and I, I i can feel something hanging on my lip i i, I don't i don't have not have no pain yet i guess i'm in shock whatever and i reach up and it's one of my teeth hanging over and it's just hanging by skin you know and i've done figured it out and now i can feel something sticking me all across so well I I pulled that tooth out and I don't know around that time and I don't know if it if this is true or not but I can remember people uh, it, it was on the news or TV about take that if a kid knocks its tooth out stick it in milk I didn't have no milk but I stuck it in my back pocket mm -hmm. I took off running <laughs> Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they are proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days same as cash to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkey's Outdoors. Houndsman. Helping houndsman. Now, when I'm telling you running, I was running, buddy. I had done made it probably nearly a half a mile from that truck because I thought any minute, bloom, it's going to be an explosion, you know. <laughs> You're going to be nowhere close. Nowhere close. <laughs> and, and this woman and man run me down in a car. And, and got me and uh, got me in the back seat of the car and uh, they just kept kept me awake because I'd hit that window you know I, which I was just sleepy anyway probably I don't know but I kicked at the hospital and then I looked in them and I can see just white I thought my teeth was jabbed back into my gums out of sight you know but what it was it had broke them off and crushed all the bone and the bone was sticking out, little pieces. Mm. <clears throat> but uh, 
we made it through that. Finally, I, I would handle dogs from on and off, but back to back to uh, starting out as far as going to the hunts. Like I was telling you about, they had Terry Nix and Johnny and them had a club there in Dora. My mama would take me up there. Daddy worked second shift, so my mom would take me. I'd load my dog in the back, in the trunk, the car. She'd take me up there. And Johnny and Terry and Billy Trice, you know, they'd take care of me, you know. And I'd hunt the hunt where Daddy would be there waiting on me. Keep after second shift, and, and I mean, like I said, I was eat up with it. You know, I had to go every chance I got. <laughs> but uh, back, kind of moving along through there, I had bought it. This this guy was hunting with Harold, and, and good dog trainer. Didn't hunt the hunts, but if he had it, he hunted by itself. It was going tree cones, and uh, got the going down meeting him and Harold Foster's Harold had the best hunting in, in within a hundred miles of here. Legally? Yeah, it was legally. <laughs> that, that's something he, he, he used to always tell us. You see that, that private property sign? He said, uh, I'm the president of that club. <laughs> he didn't, you know, I remember times he'd let us out in a cornfield He'd get in a truck about go to sleep, and he'd tell us how he had all this permission, and oh yeah, buddy, they don't, they don't care. I remember this one night, me and another boy, we're out, you know, trying to play, you know, right around the truck, goofing off. Dogs is in a cornfield back there running, and we see a, or we, we can't see the car, but we can see the lights coming over a hill. But and Harold said, "Get in the truck! Get in the truck, boys! Hurry! Get!" We can't get to the truck. He took off. <laughs> the dog doors is a flying, and and here we are. We have to run off in that cornfield and hide. Harold's gone. He's done left us. About ten fifteen minutes, he comes back. Well, that other boy, he was he was in his twenties. He said, "Harold said, uh, I thought you had permission.'" He said, "Well." That was about 25 years ago I had permission. <laughs> I ain't real sure if it's the same people anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, now we're, you know, in a mess. One time we he had us down there. He'd just see a cornfield off the side of the interstate, and he'd say, well, we'll hit that late tonight. So we go in this one, we see it on the side of 2059 now, there around Utah exit. Mm-hmm. We go in this, go in there, sure enough. Treats and cones, but it's daylight, and we come right. I mean, it's just broke daylight, and we come out, and a, a woman, an old woman, an old man's out there hoeing, and Harold he just ah oh, yeah, and we're in their we're in their field, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just stuff like that. A lot of people used to get mad at him because he didn't care. Yeah, he would, he 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 would just anything. So uh, another time he, I, I could tell, we could sit here for days and we tell stories and, and if you could get Avery and Billy Bell sit here, they can tell you stuff that Tyrell's done and, <laughs> and keep you laughing. I plan on getting Billy on here by himself for too long. Yeah, get him, get him on Harold because 
Harold, one time he, <clears throat> we were down there and this, was hunting in the river bottoms where her, he was legally to be. Like I said, now it's, it's a fenced in. It's 4,500 acres fenced in. And right a foot with him touch every tree. Never take a step. Uh, and I don't know if he still got all that because, you know, all this back trouble I've had, I hadn't been able to hunt, go, go with him no more. And, uh, but this man comes up to us down there and said, uh, hey, y'all ain't seen a horse, had you? And, uh, no, we ain't seen no horse. And he said, well, my horse got out. And he said, uh, I can see where it come running down this road down through here. And he said, but I can't get around that gate that goes back in on the river. <coughs> well, old Harold, we'll go help you, buddy. Let's, we'll go help you find it. So we take off. Sure enough, we get way down on the river, by which cornfields are everywhere in this place. Uh, just as good a hunt as you want to hunt. And there's that horse. So I've, I've had had horses, and my dad's got horses now. And um, so they get over there, and, and I I have done got my back messed up. I'm not going to mess with this. I know some, this ain't probably ain't going to be smart. You see the right on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, if it turns out good, good, but I, I'm still leery of it. I said, look, I'm, y'all do what y'all want to do. Well, the man pull, pulls up there. Well, they get a rope tied just around his neck, just a, just around the neck. No hawker, nothing. Well, the guy said, uh, I ain't got no trailer. I, I can't get him back up there to the house now. That his house is about four or five miles now. Harold says, oh, no, buddy, I, I'll get him there. So Harold ties him to the four-wheeler, ties him to his rack back there on the four-wheeler, and horse is acting, you know, he's fine. We, we, he's going to let him trot along with us, take him back, back up there to the man. About that time, Harold fired that four-wheeler up, and that horse took off with Harold on that four-wheeler now. Harold's going backwards through the <laughs> cornfield. He I, and hey, they're tearing corn up. We can't even see him. You can just see the you can just see the corn going down through yonder like a maze, you know. And Harold, he's a hey, hey, how can you get this snake in the blade? And he won't turn his engine off. And this horse is, and you know, once a horse gets turned. Going away from you, he's got the strength on you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of handle him more if he's back, back, back kind of looking at you or mm-hmm. just backing up himself. He had done got turned full. He's knocking corn down everywhere, buddy. <laughs> the funniest thing, uh, but that's just stuff like that. And you never want to leave anything yours for him to fix because his <laughs> his main thing was hot glue. One of them guns. Mm-hmm. So I left in my spotlight going to the tree. Let me, I'll fix it. Why are you going to the tree? I get back. The whole coat, the whole front of the lens has got hot, that stuff all over it. <laughs> he, it's just ruined it, you know. I don't say nothing to him because he's given me so much stuff and bought me light, you know. But 
he he would tear it up. He would get them trackers, take them apart for what I don't know. My brother-in-law, he was a uh, electrical engineer, and he's like, how are you supposed to be handling them keyboard them boards in there like that? Harold throw it in the back of the truck. Right. Another another time here's what was another one was I tell you two two more quick ones before we move on with Harold. But I will probably remember more if we get on down through there. So one night he he would just when we got through hunting, he wouldn't even take his light off. He'd just jump in the truck, we'd take off back toward the house. Well I get out get out of the truck and I go in the store. I come back out, I see a black cord hanging out the side of his door. Thought, what in the world? Get over there. His light, he had done, it had dropped it down. The head's gone. It's done busted the head. It ain't nothing but a black cord. He's done drugged that thing down the highway. So so another time, Al Nunman has come down to hunt with us. And uh, it was the first first pro hunt I'd ever hunted old Clyde in when we get to him but so I'm on the four wheeler and they're riding a the truck I'm going I've gone around this field one of the dogs treated came and I got him I'm coming back up there and, and I'm looking at that they're they're moving across a road and I can see them way up there and I can tell something just ain't don't look right they're pulling a trailer I get up there well Harold would never put a pin in the trailer mm. he just pop it down and go it's gonna come loose and all this it, the chains is what's pulling it and it's it's like a tractor digging a ditch <laughs> they've done dug a ditch for two miles around the plow yeah what are you talking about buddy i said something's happened back here he said well I thought it felt like this truck was a little weak. <laughs> Same night now. So Al, he was in his truck, so he gets, so we, we, I'm riding with Harold, and we coming back up through Tuscaloosa, and when you cross the river bridge, Harold's got more tickets and wrecks than anybody you'll ever think of. So we're coming up through there, <clears throat> state trooper. Pulls us over. Harold says, I know what he got us for. So Harold jumps out of the truck before the state trooper. State trooper's like, sir, sir, state. Buddy, I know, I, I know. I, I, I've worked on them lights all day today. Them lights on the, on the back of the trailer, they, they just ain't right, are they? And the man said, uh, no. He said, sir, there's, there's something under your truck all the way from the front of your truck all the way out the back of the trailer is fire just sparks is going everywhere and Harold said what the winch coat the winch line has he has done done something and it is running under the truck all the way back under the trailer and that and we're out on the main highway and it's a sparking fire <laughs> We're dragging it down the road. Uh, so, uh, rock on a little bit. Where did the, the first, you said, real winter you had with Thorswood Dan? Yeah, I, I had, I, uh, there when I was telling you about the guy that trained dogs good, uh, I'd go down and meet Harold, and he had a little dog named Rebel. And uh, 
I just got married, didn't didn't have two nickels to rub together, and I was a I was a fifteen hundred dollar man. That that was my price. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, if I couldn't get it for fifteen hundred, I probably wasn't going to get it. Right. And uh, anyway, he had this dog, and and I had rode over to the ACHA World Hunt the year it was in Columbus, Mississippi. And Harold told me, he said, hey, he said, old Jimmy Ray is going to sell that dog. He said, that's a good dog, the Rebel dog. So uh, I get started on buying it. I don't know if me and him one got mixed up on the price, but I, I about know he told me 1200 at that at the hunt. And uh, so I told him, I said, well, next weekend I'll come down go a-hunting. That's fine. So I go down there with him, and we just hunt that one dog. I, I think he treated two or three coons, and uh, so I got I had I had my money with me. Got back up there to the. And he said two thousand. I couldn't come up with two thousand dollars at the time, you know. So uh, go home. Ended up ended up I went and borrowed the rest of the money and bought that dog. Well, that's how I got to knowing that Jimmy Ray. And everybody all down through Tuscaloosa can tell you, uh, if he had it, it and he did, he trained one dog, uh, and that was, it was going to be a good dog. Mm-hmm. So, it gets on, I get to looking for, I, I, I had quit, got to riding horses, my dad, uh, walking horses, but he, he was racking using them racking and uh i got to figuring out that was it wasn't for a poor man and it wasn't it was too much politics in it mm. you know you, it was always a, somebody else's another man's decision on who won right but most of the time the better horse i, I ain't gonna say that because most of the time you go the better horse that you can usually pick the one that's gonna win but anyway uh i didn't know enough about training them horses and uh, my dad he, he always I mean, he's still doing it to the right now he's probably at the barn as we speak I and mean, he just that's his thing I had sold, sold that rebel dog to I, you may not remember probably don't remember the dog but there was an English dog back then named Bluegrass Amos uh, that boy had sold Amos to uh, Roland Dickey had got back into it it was Roland Dickey was the god of English breed. You know, he owned Junior, uh, Blue Boy Red, all them Sandy that won the world hunt. I mean, he he kept good dogs too. And him and her were butt buddies. They alumed them side and stuff together. But anyway, that boy sold Amos. Harold went with him, and, and this is the first time they said, Harold said they, it was fifteen thousand dollars in a in a brown paper sack, and they met in a in a hotel room. He bought that dog for fifteen thousand dollars, and that was just like unheard of, you know. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> I I rode horses there for about a year, and it just wasn't that competitive thing that I needed you know I, I i just like to compete i don't care 
you throw a rock, see if we can hit that house over there. I'm going to try to outdo you. I, just that way, you know. You know, you're the same way. A competitor, you got it in you. You just want to compete. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew, I, I knew dogs enough, and I had more sway into being able to win by getting my dog ready or getting better or whatever than waiting on one man's decision of, which which one of y'all win? <clears throat> so we called. Harold said, "Well, they say Jim Ray's got a good dog." I called him. He wants twenty five hundred dollars. Dwayne ain't got twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, like I said, I'm just married, uh, making eight eight ninety five an hour. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm making it, uh, but. I don't have that kind of money, just extra laying around. Right. So Harold said, well, let's, we're just buying together. So I said, oh, all right. So I went and got him. And he's a little old, almost looked like a high tan. Just solid black brown down his leg. He was off Rock River Banjo. If anybody ever seen him that won the world hunt like 84, mm-hmm. somewhere right in that time, <clears throat> 80, 82 to 86, I'm going to say that here. Look just like him. So go get that dog. I would say I can give you people's number like Billy Trice is well respected. That dog probably for just tree and cones. Well, he treed 200, 290-something one year that just he treed. Mm. Not not going pleasure hunting with people, and, you know, but that, that he treed. He could just, and he was a track dog. A lot of people, and he, run, he up bark a lot on the ground, straight chop, but people would think, man, that dog's running deer, you know, and I'd be just, just wait four or five minutes. Wow. And he was one of these that I, I, I heard Barry talking about Zeb again, you know, going to maybe five trees if he didn't see a coon in a year. And, and I could, I could probably say that dog was this dog, but he, he, he was a track dog. Mm-hmm. He more track dog than, than tree dog. You know, he's a hard tree dog, but what I'm just saying is that he would rather ruin. So me and Harold got him together, and I started putting him in the hunts. Shoot, I was eight hundred plus. I mean, he just he could demolish you. It, 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 dogs packed up, no beating. First and first had a coon. I mean, he could just run the score up. But the funny thing about him, uh, people that know Brian Skinner, he. He had bought him from me. I bought that dog and sold him like three times. And I'd get something else, and it wouldn't compare it to him, and I'd go back and get him back. Get him back. But here was his problem. If he didn't have this problem, which I, I know the people sitting there saying, yeah, I've got a lot, I've had a lot of them. But I'm telling you, that, that hunt, you got him treated somewhere. And I'm telling you, I mean, when he treated, I just go in there knowing he's got a cone. There's, it wasn't, it wasn't this guessing, like, oh, I hope or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
I let Skinner have him. Well, Skinner wants me to take him to a pro hunt. Well, before the pro hunt comes back up, I've done bought him back. <laughs> and But Skinner in the deal, he said, I'm going to still pay for that entry and we'll just split. So I go down there, first pro hunt that, that I've ever been in, Russ Beller's there, Jackson boys are there. Nervous as a cat. Nervous as, you know, that, I've seen these people in the magazine and I'm thinking, you know, man, reading these articles, these dogs are just, you know, I'm out for just this. I ain't got a prayer. Right. Get on that cast. And I had never been around dogs like pro type dogs or like dogs are now, just complete loners. Uh, back, you know, back then, most time they packed up. It's calling contest. Calling contest. And, and I could, I was good calling. Only, only guy ever drew Ronnie Nickens. I would be, I would be thinking about the time I'd be thinking the tree, he done treed. <laughs> and I was normally, uh, I could call with any, any you know, which you, you know as well as I know, if, if they run them wide open the pack, I'm treeing the first one box up the tree. It, it right. might not be mine, but <laughs> you know, I mean, it, they, they all going to be there. If I, if I don't have first, I don't want them. Yeah. So, but I get, get out there on this cast and I don't remember what dogs they were, you know, uh, or whatever, but boy, I get first strike and he just burns one down there 200 yards. Wow. I'm about this is easy. Well, them dogs get down there and get to trailing around him. Couldn't take it. <laughs> he wanted to go. Now, like I said, if they would split tree and stay stay treed, he could split tree with them all night. But if they come by him, he wanted to run. He wanted to go. And I, I, I seen, you know, it, it, Right at that moment, I wasn't probably thinking about it, but so I I don't even remember. I, I knew I took two or three tree mines, and I, I didn't even get close to winning the cash or nothing, you know. But I stayed to hunt the open hunt because I I've never really hunted PKC. I I started hunting PKC in '83, and I still got the certificate. First first little hunt I won at PKC. Terry Nick signed the. They used to give these little certificate-like deals. And I still got the first one. I think me and Johnny Brown, I think I got like $20 or something, but I thought that was just, you know, man. You won the world. Yeah, oh, yeah. So they got back in there with Dan. I go back and hunt the open the next night. Hell, I come in with 600 and some points the next night. Mm. But I, I, I drew pack dogs. Yeah. And a high scoring dog of the open hunt. So from there, it, I keep him around there back and forth. Like I said, I'd buy him and sell him back and forth. Well, Harold had this little female named Millie. Pretty sure her mama, her, that her daddy was a deer dog probably that got to her to the mama. The mama was a good little grand night bitch that was from down in that area. Well, Harold got got this Millie female, and, and people, some people have know Stan Phillips down from you know him, mm-hmm. uh, reform down that way. 
he got the male dog. They were up to like eight months old, and that tree came like just like old dogs. But this whole time, I'm still hunting with Harold, and I don't know, a few months after that, they, they it comes around that there's a half-sister to Millie that's out of old the old hardwood buster that Ronnie Nickens had, where Coma came from, he had bred Sheena to the old hardwood buster dog, which produced a lot of, a lot of good dogs, but, you know, wasn't as well known, but far as down in this area, we've seen a lot of them. But uh, them two females, was talking about Dan a while ago about it being a, really a track dog could fly. And I mean, he could fly. People thought he'd run deer. But we got Millie and Bonnie. Well, Bonnie was like a year, a little, little year or so younger than, than Millie. Millie was more tied on the ground until she got to open, and then she'd be wide open. But she she was normally a 50, 25 strike. And I always wanted to hunt her in a hunt. Harold thought, because she's such a low strike dog, he kept thinking she can't win. But every cast I put her in, I, I never lost any kind of cast with her. Now, I didn't put her in a bunch, but she just, she was so accurate. Dogs would come up slick, she'd be sitting over there. 50, 100 yards, you know. So we got hunting them two dogs. Well, meantime, I had got to trying to find me something else to hunt. And uh, we would use Bonnie and Millie to go test them with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Measuring stick. There you go. And uh, and when I, a lot of people, are, you can ask probably uh, Phil Collison up in Indiana, Illinois. I can't remember what state he lives in, but he's right there on the line of both of them. Uh, Millie, if I if I was to guess, she'd come out of that deer dog or that fox dog or whatever he was because she, her and that Bonnie bitch, and this is no lie, they would catch 20 to 30 coons a year on the ground. Mm. And it wasn't one of them deals that you... You know, you hear dogs running wide open in there and they shut off or somebody comes up, well, they caught, probably caught him. They couldn't kill a coon. So you, we'd have to go in there and, you know, sure. they'd, get him, they'd get him wounded, but they couldn't kill him. So we, you know, it wasn't, we knew they caught it because we'd have to go down there. And uh, I can remember Harold had bought a female, a grand night bitch from the Becks, Brent and Sandra Beck, out of people that know them out of Oklahoma. Matter of fact, they owned a bad habit, part of bad habit at one time. He had bought a grand night English bitch from them, and we had Millie, Dan, and the English bitch. And they got to run the coon one night, and they come up where we hunted. We, we were out on the main road, and in the field probably... Hey, y'all, this is Tyler, your host of Coon Hunting University. I'm here to talk to you about extreme dog fuel. Whether you're looking for a 30-20, 24-20, 26-18... 
or 2212. They have any type of food that us coon hunters need. I'd like to issue a thank you to them for making Coon Hunting University podcast possible. So go to extremedogfuel.com and find a retailer near you and give them a try. I love it. I've been blown away. I swapped to the 3020 and I honestly hadn't looked back. I mean, I love it. I really do. And I encourage everyone to go over there to extremedogfuel.com. Check them out. Find a retailer near you. Read all about it. You'll see why I swapped to Extreme Dog Fuel. I don't know, half a mile, and then it went off the bank into the river, and uh, it was kind of a little area down on the river that they could still had ground to run off. It didn't just go straight into the river. Well, they got to running in there one night, and Millie comes up, just, you can barely hear them because they're down off that bank. All of a sudden, Millie pops up. You hear her good. She's coming straight up the ditch at us. Wide up. Me and my brother-in-law and Harold sitting there on four-wheelers. Uh, right on, it's right on the bridge. We was right there by the bridge, actually. All three of them is after the same track. She's five or six hundred yards ahead of them. They're running wide open, but she has done just left them. And I, am, I mean, she did this to dogs all the time you know and uh it was weird because we're sitting there and here comes a car coming down the road and you know how you can kind of see two things boy they're it's looking like they're gonna meet at the same time well we're bonnie my, my millie is is just coming up that ditch coming right at the road and we can see that they're going they're timing each other and they're gonna run over we're flashing the lights they ain't slowed up. And here's, I mean, she's there at us now. And the coon, we see the coon come across, and the car ran over the coon. And this is how close she was behind it. She was going to catch this one. Uh, when the car ran over the coon, Millie went behind the car. Mm. Just like that. And the people got out, and uh, they wanted that coon. We, they throw it in the trunk. <laughs> left. Well, old, old uh, Dan and Millie knew they were done got caught. You know, they didn't want to come by us up there, so they scattered. But, man, can she, I mean, she could treat coons. It just made it look just effortless, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, I went, if I now know it now, what I know now, if I knew then, it's hard to say what she can win because she just, she was so accurate. The body female, too. She was out of the same mama as Millie and out of, out of Hardwood Buster. She looked a lot like Coma, just a small version. Like, I never hunted with Coma, but I always heard he could really run a coon. And uh, both them bitches, just, they just ran tracks, you know. And it wasn't that they went looking for that kind of track. It just... I mean, they just, you know, it was nothing back then. People around here, you know, you know how rough it is here. You go tree five or six cones, you you had a good night. Mm-hmm. That was nothing to them. I mean, if you went to five or six trees, you had five or six cones. I mean, it was just, you know, like now, you slick tree on your mind. With them two, you just, you know. And I, I finally I talked talked Harold into putting letting me hunt Bonnie. I had I had took her and made her grand night just like 
one summer there, just packing around the house there, and uh, she could get it on both ends. But she was she was a little more timid than the Millie female. Millie it come down to fight, and she'd fight. <laughs> Bonnie, Bonnie wouldn't. And uh, we put her in a pro hunt. First pro, first pro hunt, put her in. And uh, got her in the final cast. Had a dog fight. And there, never, I never forget, it's the first time I met James Love. You know how small James is. Man, we we getting, walking in there, and boy, you can hear it. It's just, they starting to get with it. They ain't locked yet, but it's it's getting close. It's needed. And, uh, boy, about that time it broke out in there, and they were two big old dogs, too. One of them was that high roller, used to be dog that got over in Jordan. He's a good dog. Uh, and he, he wouldn't say he was mean, but it just, him and that, he just, there was just two that didn't. Too much testosterone. Right yeah, two of them, that, yeah, didn't need to be together. So little old love, he takes off running up through there, and he comes back out with one dog in each hand. <laughs> With their front feet off the ground, back up there, and boys, y'all gonna take these two to the truck. Mm. And I don't know what something it did something to that female. Never, she never come back around. She just she pleasure hunting. She was fine, but to take her to a hunt, get her around strange dogs. I I don't know something. I think something hormonally got wrong because she started having some. Like miscarriages, mm-hmm. and I can remember a night on a cast, she come up there and like, like was digging a bed, make a bed. Yeah, we yeah. lay down in it and just, you could tell something wasn't right about it. And she got to trim possums, hmm. and Harold's one of these types that he can't stand junk running. That, another funny thing, she trees a possum one night down there right on the edge of the road. And I'd done been trying to break her and whoop her myself. He said, you ain't doing a good enough job. And I thought, man, I, I can't. I hell, the only way I can do kill her, beat her any worse, you know. <laughs> he said, I'll show you how to. He got her. He is laying on the ground, on his side, <laughs> on the ground. I get scared. I walk to the front of the truck. I'm kind of laughing, but I'm thinking, this man's went crazy. He is laying on the ground with her, got her head down in his hands, laying there screaming and hollering with that possum. I mean, it was just one of these, you just had to see it. I mean, you would, and he, like I said, he gets into this high, ah, voice. So it, it, it was just something you just had to it, Spiritual. It, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let me tell you another about her real quick, so. We, some people may remember this. So we at the world hunt. Harold, I was I was real shy back at that time. I man, I you know now I talk to anybody, but back then I it was just I was I was shy. I was I was okay on a cast, but just as far as me and you talking or just going somewhere, it was hard for me to do. And uh, so we get it up at the world hunt Harold's Harold's got like 37 $3,800 $3, cash in his pocket to buy a, a little English female uh, from the Troy Stockstone remember him hunting used to hunt up there good, oh good boy but so we, when we get to the world hunt when we go in whichever way Harold went I went the other way something was going to happen so we 
up up there. And uh, matter of fact, I think which we just talked to Barry a while ago on the phone. I think Barry Kitty was standing with me one time when this happened. We're standing there, and all of a sudden you hear this noise. Like a rifle going off. We'll get everybody standing up and looking. Well, you know them them white molded chairs, them plastic mm-hmm. like they used to have them at the World Hunt up there sitting around. Well, old Harold's done got in one of them and leaned back, and the, and he, you know Harold's three hundred something pounds, and the back two legs went off at the same time. <laughs> He hits the back, his head hits the ground, and I'm like, I see he's okay, so I don't go over it. I'm like, because I'm embarrassed, you know. So we go on. So hour or so goes by, and we, I don't know who I was with. may have been bad at this time, but standing there, I hear that same noise. He's done broke another <laughs> laying in there. He's up there by the stage. So the next day, same ordeal. He's we standing there. I mean, you can you can hear this from the front to the back when that thing popped. <laughs> and he, he, sure enough, pow! I don't even look. I'm like, everyone's standing. I'm like, it's Harold again. He he done broke another. Well, Roy Trammell. He, he always took up with me for some reason. He come to me. He said, hey, he said, Dwayne, he said, you have to try to talk Harold. Tell him don't sit in no more of them chairs. He's done broke three or four. And he we, he's going to bankrupt we, we're, we're, we're going to He's going to start paying for them. And uh, I started laughing, and I thought, uh, you go try to hit Roy and Harold go out and eat a lot of times we got pro hunts. I thought, you probably get as much out of them as I can. <laughs> and uh, we finally got him stopped from flipping them chairs and break. I mean, it, when they went off, I mean, it sounded like a, everybody would, you know, jump and look. And it's old Harold. You'd see him over his big. He couldn't get off the ground. He'd be rolling around. And he said all he could think about was that money. So he had one hand in his pocket. And he said, I couldn't use two to get up. And he said, that's all I could think about was where that money was at. And uh, but that joker was like that all the, all the time. I really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you like what you heard here, go on over to Facebook. Give us a like, at Coon Hunting U. Also, go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. And remember, if you need a new hunting light, do not overlook Superior. They make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, their walking light and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunting University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.